This is Adina, and you're listening to Meta Mondays on the BBS Radio Station One. And today is it's a kind of solemn day, and it's a day of I don't know. I guess remembrance. I wanted to do the show with you alone in one way because we've had guests for weeks, and I haven't been able to do free readings, but also because. I didn't think it was fair to have a guest on on a day that, you know, might is painful for some people. And I wanted to just talk about a little a little bit about what that was like for me. And I wanna ask you guys or not unless you call in I won't know, but I just wanted to know if the rest of the country how they felt and what the impact was. So if you want to call in or have something you want to say, please call in at 888-627-6008. We lived in New York City. I was born there and raised there. I was actually born in New York City. And um, we didn't leave until after 9-11. I remember I I had an appointment early, and I went out. And I went to this appointment, and I was like a deer in the headlights. I had no idea anything was going on. And someone, when I walked in, I said, oh, are we doing this? And she said, what? Uh, don't you know? And I said, no, what? And she said, a plane just hit the World Trade Towers. And I said, oh, <laughs> literally. I said, oh, like, like she said, how do you like your coffee? And I said, oh, okay, <laughs> are we still doing this? I'm not kidding. And she said, okay, did you hear what I said? And I said, yeah, a plane hit the building. So in my head, this is really true. I thought the plane hit a building and slid off of it. I know, I know. I was a grown-up, yes, but I had no concept for what she's talking about. So she grabs my arm, she pulls me over, they had a TV, and I looked at it, and I think I, I, think I almost passed out. I, pa- I had no idea. I walked outside of the store, and I could see the smoke coming from the fire. I, it was horrendous. It was horrible. It didn't affect us in terms of people we lost. It did affect us in indirect ways. I have two brothers-in-laws. One of them at the time was a a sergeant or a chief. He's pretty much bigger. I, th- I don't know if you can get bigger now. I don't know. But at that time, he was on ground zero. And I think it was the next night we had like a birthday or a celebration to go to. And this person is not someone you would ever call in any way sensitive or anything even remotely like that. And we went outside, and he was just talking to me, and he just broke down crying. That was one of the most significant times I think I've ever had because I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe that was happening. He lost so many people. 
that it was heartbreaking. Here in New York, it was, I, I can't even describe the feelings that, that were going on. And I wondered a lot what the rest of the country was feeling. We There were so many shows going on and so many remembrances that were not just New York. It was all around the country. But I did think, were they really impacted like we were? I mean, it was really, it was really horrible. And I do want to say that there was a reason why this was a great, great loss to me indirectly. And it ties in very closely. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I'm making a very quick choice here, and I'm going to do it. Um, you know, after 9-11, you know, the firemen, and they, they were such heroes, and they were, and they are. And um, if you've heard me, you know that I will mention my little sister quite often at times, and that she's no longer here. Shortly after 9-11, um, it was months later, and it, it almost had started to not not ever fade away, but it had started to, you know, get back to normal. And it might have been the following year. My sister, if you've ever been to Long Island, or know every place has this, where it is very uh, dark at night and there are very few lights, my and it's it's just Long Island is very beautiful but dark, and so Bethy was coming home one night, and there was a fire drill, a volunteer fireman drill. They were down on the ground, and they put all the cones away. There were no lights, and there was nothing there, and it was raining, and they had rolled everything up. My sister uh, took medication. And I believe she did have a drink. And as she went on the going into an an entrance, she hit a volunteer firefighter, and he died. And um, my sister was arrested and put in jail, and she did get out on bail. But her trial was coming up, and I believe that there's no way she was going back to prison, and I believe that's why she died. Um, so indirectly, and I, and I also do believe that because of the timing, it it was just horrible timing, not that she wouldn't have been arrested, but it, it happened to be with a very major diligence and, you know, there was all volunteer firemen and it, that's how kind of it, it was. Okay, now I'm getting off that. <laughs> um, if anyone does have from anywhere else anything they want to say, oh, and I just want to say this, that first night after it happened, I was sitting in the dark on my couch and sending everyone light and I literally felt 
all of the souls, just all of them, embracing all of us and just saying, we're okay, we're here. I literally felt that. Okay. Um, What I want to do today is get in as many free readings as I can because, of course, I haven't done any in a long time. But before I do, I'd like to just do something, and I'll try to speak quickly, because um, it's just really some of the rules that I believe in with readings, uh, because they're coming up lately. So I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to come right back. So, BDS, Meta Mondays, Bithadina. Mondays with Adina B, that's me, and it's BBS Radio Station One with Doug, our engineer, our producer, and co-founder. He's really nice. So if you want to call in for a free reading and or you want to call in and share something, he is the sweetest man on earth. I'm not sure he'd want to be referred to that way, but he is. So call in at 888-627-6008. Okay, so before we go into the readings, and I will talk fast now. (laughs) I'm going to try. I just want to talk to you because I feel the need to go into my own ethics regarding readings. I've mentioned this so many times over an 18-year period, but for some reason this week they keep coming up. They come up in in readings I'm asked, and I, I just have to do it, okay? So the first rule for me is, no judgment, none. And I'm talking about me and readers. There's like a built-in no judgment clause anyway, because if you're really doing a reading from the place where true readings come from, judgment doesn't even cross your consciousness. Angels will communicate one way. People who have passed on, they do communicate another way to me. And my guides communicate through the claircognizance, the clairo, um, audience, the sentience, and the voyance, right? So they communicate in their ways, but they never make personal, opinionated comments. Never. So if I'm ever hearing or thinking that, like, you know, personal things, like, oh, I don't think that's really nice. And so if I'm hearing that, I already know <laughs> that's me, you know, and I'm usually aware of it. And I've already told my client, you know what, this is my personality telling you this. I know that, you know. But if you ever hear, if you're a reader, or if you're you, and you ever hear somebody like you ask for advice or guidance, and you ever hear something like, um, oh, that you suck, or, or they're horrible, Mm-mm, that's not guidance. That's, that's you, you know. Um, they don't do that. They just state things matter-of-factly. When you hear something like a straight statement or a sentence, you know that's them. That's true guidance. I've read a lot of psychic pages. I haven't done that in a very long time, but I used to. And a lot of them have said that 
you know, they won't read this, they won't read something like this, you know, certain situations they don't believe in, they don't think they're right, and frankly, I like that. Um, Why? Because they're honest. They have no wish to harm you. They don't agree with whatever it is, but they're letting you know straight out that this is what I believe, please respect my boundaries, and and please go to somebody else. And I think that's, I think they're entitled to do that. So that's wonderful. What bothers me are the readers who say they don't judge anything, but they don't, either they don't know that they really have a strong bias, or they do, and they just, or they do, they know, and they just don't care. That makes me crazy. It really does. Um, what really it, it what it really is is when you're speaking, feeling, doing something from where from the spiritual point of view, no situation is ever seen as wrong. Really, it's seen as what it is. It's just what it is, and what they do is they. They help you make it better or good. I don't know how they do this, but you could take the most disastrous situation, and when you're getting spirit, they can tell you how or show you how to make it a win-win for everyone. It's I know. I know. You're like, how? I don't know. And it's not Pollyanna-ish. It's not like, oh, you know, you, you're so sweet. that No. It's real. But it's always about um, just forgiving, non-judgmental love, unconditional, and it's so much easier than we ever think it is, really. So that's that's one. Um, I also may not do things someone is doing now, in the judgmental thing, I mean. Like, I might not do something you're doing today, but I promise you, I did it. At one time, I did it. So that's another thing. Anybody who says, oh, I would never do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So I- I'm not going there. We are all doing the best that we can at any time this is. And mostly, come on, you've done it. So here we go. Um, I also, I am super, super honest. I would much rather lose a client, and anyone who's read with me, they know that. They know that I'm compassionate and I'm loving, but I don't sugarcoat anything, and I'm going to tell you exactly what I see. I'm not fake. I don't say things in order to keep a client coming back because in the long run, it is going to hurt you. You're going to be devastated, and my karma is going to be pretty bad, too, okay? So I'm, I'm honest. Um, I also want to talk about, um, oh, yeah, what? <laughs> I'm thinking about something. Um, the only, so there's really nothing, I, I'll get to that, though, in a minute. Nothing, not even murder in the spiritual universe because this is exactly what they would say to me if I, if I was, like, 
reading someone who had just killed somebody, this is the kind of message they would give me. They would say something like, oh, they have come here this time to turn their vessel inside out in order to rid itself of many lifetimes of rage. In this life, it is their path to take responsibility for the harm they have caused and make sure that they cannot harm again while they learn to find compassion. That's the kind of thing I would get. If, if you ever hear the murderous rage that he has, he must die for. I mean, really, that's the kind of stuff. I don't read pregnancy, and I'll tell you why. Because there is nothing that makes you crazier than being pregnant on every single level, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Nothing. I remember my own pregnancy. And really, uh, it's so many variables, so many heated kind of things that it's really not a smart thing to do. So I just don't. Guys, please stop sending me pregnancy questions. I love you. My heart's with you. But I really can't do them. Okay? So let's just go right into our questions. Okay. Um, mm, okay, this one is from Jay. Since, well, you know what? Since I don't have the name of an, anyone else, um, hold on. Hmm. Jay, I've recently gotten sick and my life's fallen apart. I've lost everyone and everything important to me. Is anything good coming my way? I'm broke, homeless, depressed, and don't know how to fight anymore. Okay. All right, now. Okay, let me see. Let me just check something, Jay. You know, this is one of them that I had looked at before. And I'm, I'm, what I'm doing now, again, is, making sure. So, this is something that I didn't expect to see. In fact, I expected to see disaster all over the place, homelessness, money issues, and I got anything but. So, I had to really, you know, challenge myself because I, w- I had to ask, what is this really about? And I don't think it's about that. So I'm going to tell you what I believe. Okay, I think, I think that you have had people who haven't committed to you in the past. I think you're a very gentle and kind person. And I think it's taken you a very long time to be able to tell the difference between what's fantasy and what's real. Not with you, per se, but with other people. Are they lying? Am I fooling myself? That kind of thing. So here you are, right where you thought you'd never be again. And this time you're thinking, but this time it's different. This one me everything they're thinking and feeling and their plans. And you're hanging on and trusting and you totally believe that this one is going 
where you want it to go, and it's going to be happening soon. In fact, you're thinking that um, you're going to have the perfect kind of family with this, and you get along with everyone and vice versa, and that you're kind of like, I think you see yourself as a peacemaker. And I'm going to get to the health and the money later because it's tied in. I think you also see that you have a lot riding on this. Like there's a lot riding on the situation for you. And that has to do with money. And that also has to do with finally getting what you want. There's also something about generosity, your life changing for the better, receiving money um, it connected to this situation, and um, also, let me, let me say that better, okay? It's more than money. It's you finally being cared for. It's like having a very traditional situation that you feel you've been denied, like as if you should have had this. Right now, somebody else has this, and they don't deserve it, but you do. So you feel completely alone. I see for some reason that the person that you, you know, talk to all the time has withdrawn a little bit. Um, I do believe I see what the nature of the relationship is, and I want to ask you to think about something. Wanting commitment and wanting that kind of thing, right? You want that. Um, Think about the situation, and let me ask you a question. If you want that level of commitment, why would you go and pick someone in that situation? That's a surefire way not to get it, right? So once in a blue moon, they do turn out the way you want it, but even then, they usually don't work out. So this one, I don't believe is ever going to get off the ground. Well, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to amend that. Not much. The most I can say is that there's a very small window that you might get of being able to tie it up in a kind of nice way that honors the relationship. Um, but even that is, is slim. And even if you do that, um, it's going, it's going to be sad, you know? Um, yeah. And what I'm trying to say to you is don't hold on to this for reasons of having to do with gain or, and I don't want to say ego, but there is a little bit that involved. Um, what I, what I would hope you would do is allow, just ask for what you want and let them give it to you. Let me explain. If you wanted a bouquet of flowers like every week for your home, okay, um, You'd have two choices, three, okay? You could go to a flower store and you could buy them, but they're too expensive and you don't have the money. Um, Or you can go to your neighbor's and steal them from her garden every week. Or you could plant some seeds, then you could nurture them. Then there would be a time of watching, nurturing, leaving them alone to grow them by themselves and leave out your interference. And then as the seasons changed and nature would take care of itself 
and then they would grow, and then they would be yours. So you could do that, and eventually they'd be yours on every level. So now for the practicalities, I see a home very soon. You have a home within a week. I also see a job, and the job, I don't know if it's in a week, but I'm going to just double-check right now. Okay, let's see. Okay, this is pretty clear. Um, Yeah, I think, first of all, you are definitely getting at least two phone calls or emails about a job. I also get that you're, I'm sorry, you're okay. You're okay. That, again, leads me to believe that this is not what this seems to be. There is, however, something you should know. You believe that you know everything that's going on in this particular situation. You don't. Um, this There's a lot of illusion that you don't know about that's happening here. And I'm telling you, concentrate on yourself. Concentrate on your own life, and there is a home. And there is, by the way, a job. I keep seeing you going to school or um, taking some kind of course that would better your life. And leave this alone for now because it's not what you think. And let it work itself out. Okay, Jen? Thanks. Okay, that's Jen. Um, Let's see who else I have here. Okay, this is something that I I also believe, um, okay, let's see. Hmm. Okay, here we go. Let's try this. This is from M. M says, I have been in a very difficult and challenging situation almost for one year now. My life is on hold. I want this chapter to get closed already, and I want to start my our new life, start my dream career, which I have been working on for four years, but it doesn't seem to come to an end. And this one year, I've become aware of so many things, learned lessons, let go of anger. I have closed this chapter, but physical manifestation doesn't seem to show itself. I don't even know the situation is about me directly. It's about my husband, his life, his freedom, he also feels that he closed this chapter, learned his lessons. I have been standing by him to get out of the situation and the place. But I'm out of ideas. Nothing seems to work. Feeling so depressed. I just want to leave here, close this chapter, and go home with my husband and start a new life. I don't know if that's going to happen ever. Could you please show me a way? Well, <clears throat> okay. I do want to just Give me a minute to look at something here. And okay, I'm what I'm doing is checking up on something. Okay, and why is that, my friends? Okay, 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 okay. And how? Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. And is that something called, I don't know, would you call that a pet or what would you call it? Okay, got it. So, all right, here we go. When I first read this and I was just gathering them, this reminded me of an email question someone had sent of a couple who were unable to get out of a country. I don't know if this is the same couple, but it doesn't really matter. Um, but I, I had a different gut reaction to this particular question in the way that you wrote it. You know, you wrote it kind of cryptically. It's, you know, the way you write it is there is a a big, you know, chapter here, but there is nothing being said. (laughs) You know, the way you write it, I understand you're, you're stuck, but there is nothing that's, it's all very generally weird, kind of. No, no, I'm not calling you weird, I swear to God. You know what I'm saying. So, um... What I mean is that it's part of the problem, the way you write it, because there are things going on here that are being hidden, either by you both or by things happening to you both. I also think it's it's a little definitely also caused by Things that happened from the beginning of the situation that probably came from both of you. So I know now I sound mysterious, but that's only because I'm on the air and, you know, I just don't want to be, I don't want to throw your life out into the world. So, okay, I think that your husband is a father and... I also think that he, when he met you, I think it was a turning point for him, and I think he loved you dearly. I think that you changed the course of his life. I think, though, that unfortunately, in doing that, I, I think that he left a trail of sorrow and some broken hearts and maybe some very unfinished business behind him. So I think all of that takes more than the 12 months that you're speaking about. And I don't know how, I don't know your particular life. So I don't know where you are in terms of what kind of experiences you've had, but there are major areas of forgiveness that I think he needs to deal with. I and you've said, you know, you've both you've both learned a lot, you've both, you know, learned your lessons and all of that kind of stuff. But I feel that in twelve months in order to really deal with this, I think that you need to go through a process that I see affecting him in every single area, you know. And, yeah, I agree with you. It's his situation. Now, 
let me stop. I think, and if I'm wrong, you'll know. But if you were there at that time, then you too have some responsibility in it. If not, then here's what I would love for you to do. Either way, okay? Either way, whether you had anything to do with it or whether you didn't, your job here is not to move away. It's to get closer. The closer he gets to redemption, forgiveness, um, healing, the better your life is going to go. Not only that, but you're, you talked about your career. I'm telling you, when I looked at your career, like, I don't know what you do, but you're like a star, <laughs> really. You're like a star. I saw that um, you are going to get out of there, and your career is just going to, like, like, burst open or something. And you're very much in the limelight. I, I'm not sure what you do. But so let me just quickly go back and say he feels like he failed as a person in a lot of ways. He had deep history. He has, um, he just, he feels like he'll never be forgiven. So help him do that, okay? And then move on. But don't move on until that can be done. Okay? Okay. I'm glad if I can help. Okay, so now let's move on to FR. That's the first two initials of a name. FR wants to know if hmm, Jay has divorced. Let's find out. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Hold on. <laughs> I'm not I'm not laughing at that at a divorce. No, no. No. Stop. No. <laughs> I just um I'm very I'm I'm so animated when I do readings because like I won't expect something and I'll be like, Oh my god. Um, okay. Well I'll tell you what I get. I get that wow, hold on. Okay, immediately, I got that in the recent past. This is pretty weird. Who has, um, hmm, okay, just a minute, just a minute. They they were, no question, still married in the recent past. No question. Um, interesting. Somebody has, oh, yeah, somebody has money, definitely. Now, I can tell you that there is somebody who's afraid of having no money and very worried and also there seems to be a third person in this equation at this very moment. I don't know who that is because I'm on air, and I can't go that deeply. I do believe that, hmm, that there seems to be, in terms of an unconscious desire, 
a, a need to a, a need to want to be with someone else. So give me just a second. You know what I'm going to do is ask. Instead of asking, are they divorced? Because I don't think they are yet. I'm going to ask if Jay, what Jay feels about SR. Because that's really what we want to know, don't we? Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Okay. Why do I always get that? It doesn't even make sense. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Okay. You want to know? Wait. <laughs> Wait. Hold on. It's, you have to tell me, guys. I need to know. I'm going to put them both side to side, okay? So here's mm-hmm, and here's mm-hmm. And you tell me which one that is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Jay loves F. So, this is pretty interesting, just as I knew. No, I'm teasing. So, yeah, I don't think Jay is divorced, but I do believe that this was a total rebound kind of thing and that it hit and at the time period it usually does hit and that you'll know about it soon. Love you. Take care. Okay, next. Hmm. Okay, um, the next one I have is from, here we go, Jay. Jay wants to know if they're a twin flame B and Jay will have our final reunion before the end of this year. What is a final reunion? I'm a little confused. All right, I'm just going to go and ask. I wonder what a final reunion means. Do you mean a final reunion? No one's going to answer me, so. But do you mean a final reunion as in finally we reunite and we stay together? That's what I'm thinking, right? Okay, hold on. So, okay, guys, let me know if B, J, will finally reunite. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay, this is, what's pulling on everybody here? Okay. Okay. What's the difference? Okay. There's, first of all, this is somehow a very difficult year in terms of things are, they just not, they haven't been good. Now, I'm not even speaking about your relationship. I'm, I seem to be getting things um, that are stressful, situations that are, that have made it really difficult in terms of material things, practical things, um, and also B has been 
torn about where and who they can be committed to. Um, let me see. I I don't. It's really difficult for me to understand. Tell me if they are reunited. That's all I'm going to ask. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was the best thing I could have done. Yes. You're going to have a situation where you are reunited. I just left out the final one, okay? Um, That's clear. And when I look, I get deep, deep feeling from B. Does that help, Jay? I hope so. Okay. The next question is, hmm. Let's see. I have so many. Um. Okay. Okay. This is from A. Hi. I think I need to provide a bit of a background for the situation. I love when you do that, guys. A few months ago, I met someone who I have very strong feeling for. He's my twin flame. I had the instant feeling that I knew him since forever, something I've never experienced before. All sorts of synchronicities synchronicities happen between us and so on. I am in a marriage that's on the end. I told him this from day from the first day we met and he is in an unclear situation with an ex-girlfriend. At times he's so warm and loving and full of affection, alternating with a lot of distance he puts between us and this stuff is hard to take. I'm learning to take care of everything else in my life that feels stuck and I'm aware that he needs to figure out what he wants. Very, very rational, yes. But there are moments when all of this destabilizes me. Plus, I don't know what to make of his emotional fluctuations. He has a lot of decisions ahead of him regarding the course of his, course of his life and the possibility of him leaving the country soon. My question is, what are this man's feelings for me, and is this worth, worth hanging in there? His name is A, so they're both A's. Okay, first of all, thank you for that. It really, when I don't really have to know uh, anything psychic, but a couple of lines about where it all is, it's like so helpful. Then I don't have to spend like a half hour trying to figure out what came before. So I think that was perfect. And what I also like is someone who completely takes responsibility for where they are, and it's just so easy. Okay, so what I would like to do is look at him and find out just basically, I'm going to ask what's going on in A's life, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. And then I'll be able to find out where you are, what, where you fit in his place, okay? Okay. A, A, let's see. Where are you? Tell me what's going on. Just tell me only about you. What's happening? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. What is it that you haven't? And why? Okay. Hmm. Okay. So, 
I want to say that right now he is, you know, normally I believe that he's not like that. In other words, I don't believe he runs hot and cold as a person. I believe that he's much more grounded than that. What I think is happening is that this man's life is turned upside down. I believe that he has way too many um, things that weigh him down due to responsibilities. I think that he recently has had a situation that is not over. And I know you mentioned something that he's ending with his girlfriend. And, well, no, actually you said he's unclear, which does make sense. Um, I know that he's dealing with feeling that he he's he's at a place where it's time for him to move forward and make peace with everything in his life. I I don't know how old you guys are, but I feel that he's coming up to being 30 or something, 28 to 32. And it's a time in his life where he is really taking note of everything that's happened to him. I do get that there is a new relationship and it comes across as, um, it honestly, it comes across as romantic and exciting. It, it, I know you felt that there was a soulmate connection, or I think you said it was twin flame. For him, I, it seems to come across as a little bit more exciting, less kind of soulmate. Also, I see him shocked, trying to see why. Something's going on where he feels like he is a loser. I don't really know why. Okay. Um, okay. I believe his girlfriend, um, there's an issue with money. Does she not have any or... Um, I, I think he might be afraid that she does, she won't be able to live without him or something like that. There's a lot going on here. What I need to do now is just simply ask him, how does he feel about you and what will happen? Mm-hmm. Okay, and Tatton, please tell me what. Okay. 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 He feels very strongly about you. But I believe that, um, I really believe that he can't balance the two. And I believe that he does feel romantic about you, but he's going to withdraw and he has to withdraw for a while. You said that it's a girlfriend situation. 
there's a there's something here that tells me his his feeling of responsibility goes deeper than that with her and his lifestyle and commitment is with her. I'm not saying forever, but I am saying that it's with her. So, and again, I'm getting that. Please, guys, just listen to me for one minute. It, and I'm, I'm going to do a show on this. I'm doing a whole show on this. You know, in that three-way relationship, you know, there's the the spouse, the other spouse, and the other person, okay? The other person always feels like I'm the one that knows everything. Like, they tell me what's going on with their spouse, but the spouse knows nothing. Uh-uh, not true. Let me tell you something. The spouse that you're thinking tells you everything doesn't. That spouse is also telling their spouse something completely different. You have to understand that. So you're not privy to what's going on with that spouse and their spouse. They had the connection first, no matter what they're telling you, no matter how they're saying, I can't wait to get out of here, or I would leave, but blah, 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 you know, uh uh-uh. He, in this case, is committed to her. Do you understand? He is. And it's like something we really need to have a whole reading on, a whole show on. And I can tell you from every single point of view how each person feels. How? Easy. I've been all three. That's right. Would I do these things now? No. But as I said before... No judgment, because at some decade in my life, I have been all three of them, and I've read them. So there's really, we all do the best that we can at the time we can. So what I'm really saying, A, is that he does have feelings for you, and he is a really nice guy, but he happens to be a highly responsible one, too, and I think the most I can say here is that he would have to get supreme closure before he would ever move on. Could that happen? Absolutely, yes. But I do think the best thing to do, and I keep saying this and I mean this, is when someone's going through this process, it's better for you. I'm not even talking about them. I mean for you. It's always better for you to walk away and let them figure it out. Why? Because if you stay and you are the one who, I guess, you know, ends up breaking it or luring it, even if it's not your fault, I know, because they have what they have already. But my point is you end up becoming collateral damage. You end up being the person that broke up the thing, and you're the one that's focused on. Do you understand? And, I'm, and believe me, I'm, I, I care about everybody involved, and it's better for everybody involved. It should, be, it should be something that is done cleanly and the right way. And then, please, 
by all means, do whatever your hearts tell you. So, I couldn't get to everything today, but I hope I helped somebody. And next week, please listen to the show. Tony Ortega, who is absolutely the go-to man for Scientology, um, he started writing about them in 1995, and he writes from the Underground Bunker. He's been on every single show about with Scientology. He's the one everybody references. He's on, and he'll be telling us everything about his book, The Unbreakable Most Lovely, and he's going to be answering our questions. And then the following week, we have Dr. Emil on. He, now this is exciting. He's a holistic healer, but he's also um, a medical intuitive for sensitive people. I've never heard of anyone else who does that, so that's really exciting as well. And then I'll leave it to me, and I'll book the next month. So I'm pretty excited, and please keep sending in your questions, and I hope you have a wonderful week. And for the rest of this day, um, just maybe we'll pray and say some sweet and honorable things about people. I love you, everyone. 